Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. So today I'm joined by Mariam Bakol Uber, and she's the founder of Thriver Lifestyle, is a TEDx speaker, a keynote speaker, business coach, best-selling author, and as well as all of that, she's the host of Thriver Lifestyle Podcast and Thriver TV. Welcome, Marion. Thank you for having me, Shelley. Thank you so much. Yeah. So tell us. You've got quite a big background there. So please do tell us your inspiring story of positive change. Yes. Um, And it actually really has to do with, you had mentioned that I'm the founder of Thriver Lifestyle. And that really came through my own transformation from victim and survivor to Thriver. Um, So Thriver is really that it's, I, I talk about there's three stages really of mindset and of how you operate through life. And for most of my life, I actually was operating in victim and survivor mode. Um, even when I, I didn't even realize it, which most people don't even realize it. And so, you know, taking some few years back, I was always that overachiever, even from elementary and high school all the way to college. Had excellent grades, you know, top of the class, sort of checked off all the boxes. Yeah. Um, I was uh, really involved in school, did all that. But no one really knew that I had a double life. Um, And from the age of 14, uh, I actually started my longest and most toxic relationship with drugs and alcohol. But no one knew because I did so well in school. I was involved with the church, everything, you know, that was sort of like my secret life. And the reason for that was because I needed to continuously escape. Um, school for me and extracurricular activities was actually my escape from home because home I was being sexually abused by my father so any chance I could be outside the house and study and do all those things I dove into and every time that I wasn't you know I wanted to escape reality so I drank and I did drugs and that was sort of my my outlet and you know, even at a young age, I had tried to seek help, but I was told, you know, to never speak of it again. And that's, you know, really shameful. And especially coming from an Asian background, we're taught, you know, to not really speak up. Um, culturally, it's not something where you're, you're, you're taught to speak up continuously. And so I learned to just keep that all down. And um, I learned that as long as I put this mask on and performed well, Like that was good. That was how it was supposed to be. So that continued all the way through my college and my career. And by the age of 27, I was a marketing director. I had really excelled um, in marketing positions. Uh, I had also a food blog um, and I grew up in LA. So I was one of the first food bloggers, did TV for food shows, wrote for CBS. And so on the outside, it looked like I had everything, you know, together. Yeah. went to the best events, parties, but internally, I kept justifying my actions with my achievements, you know, like, oh, this, this is fine. I could continue to party and, and, you know, get involved with alcohol and substance abuse because I was doing so well, you know, like I'm not, I wasn't the usual case, what we think, right? You're 
on the streets or you have no job. I was the opposite until my double life really came crashing down. And in 2014, I overdosed and had an out-of-body near-death experience that really was my big like, like eye-opener that I had to change something. Um, I knew I was given a second chance for a reason. And so intuitively, I just bought a one-way ticket and I moved from LA to Miami with no plans, really no friends, no job. I just knew I had to get out from everything that was so comfortable and easy, you know, with a lot of the toxic behaviors. And so in Miami, away from family, friends, a lot of things, I was able to take some time for myself, which I had never really done in my life. I had looked through outside things, whether it was work or working out or partying or whatever, to fill a void, to always keep myself busy. Um, And so this was the first time I didn't have those distractions. And it was a difficult but necessary journey. And from there, I just dove into everything I could find on healing, working with shamans, plant medicine, energy healings. I got deep into meditation and breath work. I ended up becoming certified in meditation and with pranayama. And I started really just sharing all these things that I didn't really grow up with because it was helping me. And, you know, a few years later, I finally found the courage through all of my inner work realizing that my whole life I had been living in victim and survivor mode, even when I was achieving was really just in survivor mode. Because when you're in victim mode, and this permeates not just for anyone who's gone through trauma, but in life, we tend to see things from the lens of victim and survivor. Victim is where you, you, you give all your power away. You know, yeah. you say things like, oh, this always happens to me, or why things never go my way. You don't take ownership that you actually have control of the things that you think and what you do, especially as, an, as adults, you know, um, and how you perceive things. And a survivor, you know, you may be tough, but you close everyone away, everything away. It's kind of the, the me versus the world mentality, which, you know, also has its own downfalls because you internalize everything and you don't seek help, you know, because you think you, you have it. And really Thriver is the opposite of all that. It's when you take full control of what's happening in your life, your thoughts, your words, your actions, and you realize that only you have the power to truly change your life. And I just started sharing that. And that's how my Thriver lifestyle really became. I I started this company organically because people started asking me um, how I did it. Uh, And so I became a transformation coach at first. And I realized it was Thriver Lifestyle because Thriver to really remind me of that journey and that everyone has that choice each moment to moment to thrive in life, in business, in relationships, in your career. And lifestyle, because it's not an overnight fix. It's actually a continuous journey for us. So it's not just, you know, not a diet, not a quick fix. It's a lifestyle. It's, it's how you embody things. Um, and that's really been my motto for how I work, when I work with clients, what I teach, And over the years, it's really transitioned to incorporate all of that knowledge from years in corporate, years having my own business. Um, I had a marketing uh, agency before too in LA and then in Miami. And I realized that all of my clients that I was helping to, after they got over their trauma and really healed, they had such beautiful stories and messages to share. And so now my business has transitioned. I'm a business coach, 
but I help women really share their authentic stories and message to grow their business. And I help them share that online and on stage. So that's really been the transition for, you know, that positive change from what was at the lowest of lows to transforming that trauma and pain into purpose. See, that is one story. I I love it. I'm dumbfounded by it. It's just, you know, for all those it's a short years. version of the many years to get here. <laughs> it's just amazing, right? As you said, it's like a double life, and it really was, you know, like mm-hmm. sexual abuse in the home where we should feel safe and secure. And you didn't have that. But here you are just helping others, you know. I call it turning a mess to a message when you start to use your story to help others. Mm-hmm. And it's just what a journey. So can I ask, just because I'm purely fascinated, I've got this real yes, thing yes, yes. about like the afterlife and that, but to touch on the near-death experience, mm-hmm. what happened in a near-death experience? Um, what happened was I, so there was a point where I, I actually like saw myself like convulsing from the overdose from my, I saw like it was this out of body experience of really seeing myself, like looking, I was looking down at myself. my friends kind of panicking and I was shown what would have happened if I didn't come back so I was shown my you know them putting me in a body bag I saw my I was I went to my own funeral and I went back up to source and really words can't describe the the feeling of just complete peace and love. Um, but I was given a choice to stay there and come back. And I knew it wasn't time. I didn't know why, because I had never told my story. Never, ever. Like for 21 years, I was quiet, um, really kept it to myself because I had tried telling people when I was, you know, a teenager and I was not believed. And so, um, that was, you know, I felt so shamed about it. So I didn't even know at that time that I would be even speaking about how openly I'm speaking about it now. You know, I I'd had my TED talk on this. So I just knew it, it just didn't feel right and it wasn't my time. And so I went back into my body, you know, right before that time where they called um, the paramedics on me. Goodness. And do they, you said that they show you if you don't come back, what happens? Like, you know, the body bag and your life's over. And yeah, so I, I saw what would have, you know, happen because in that space, you know, it's, um, time isn't what, you know, linear. No. You know, you're, I, and I I saw it and it was just a sense of incompleteness and people just didn't know, like, because one, not many people knew about my double life. So it would have come as a complete surprise to family and friends, you know, like all these things. And so, yeah, it was just, it was powerful, even though I couldn't fully grasp what it meant. You know, now in hindsight, I was able to see how powerful that was. But during it, I was just like in shock because I wasn't really spiritual back then. You know, no. for a while, I, I wasn't even really religious because I was just so numb to a lot of things because my my father was actually super religious, you know. So for me, it would just seem so hypocritical. So, yeah, it was it was very intense I don't know what words to say powerful (laughs) experience yeah it's probably hard to put into words isn't it Mm -hmm. because it's just when you're there it's you're there I guess so much that happens you know within that that time 
when you come back and you realize maybe like in our, I guess our world, not much time has passed, but I was able to see so much in that speck of time. I just think that's fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. It was, it was, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty crazy. And um, when I actually did journey with um, plant medicine years later, um, it was close. I mean, not exactly, but it was definitely like a, an, uh, affirm, like a confirmation for all of the things I had learned. Like I was, uh, you know, on the right path. It really wasn't my time because of all the work that, you know, I was doing and continue to do now. Did they show you when you had the choice of coming back, did they show you the, the good that you would do, which you're now doing? No, no, I didn't know any of that. I had no idea. You know, since 2014 is when that happened. Actually, this month, April, is the six-year anniversary um, of that time that it happened. Um, I was in a very dark place six years ago, um, not only because, like, two of my niece and nephew, who were six and eight months old, passed away within a week from each other. So that oh was my goodness. Tough, you know, and there was just a lot of other personal things, so I wasn't in a good place. It was like I was, I was very, I started becoming very careless, and didn't really care about that double life, and just, like, was pushing myself to the limit of the substance and alcohol abuse. You know, I was severely depressed at that time, and yeah, no, I had no idea um, that I would be doing this work. You know, so when I tell people, like, don't always try to think, you, you know, you don't exactly have the answer right away. You just continue to move forward, you know, doing what you feel is right at that time and just continuing to do the work and then it'll slowly unfold for you. Yeah, because I think when we go through things in life, I think we dealt the lesson at the time, but I know of myself with like grief and things like that. I don't actually appreciate or I don't have the awareness of the lesson, but years mm -hmm. later, I'm like, that's why I went through that. That's why I yeah. had that trauma and mm -hmm. it all starts to come together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was still very lost after that happened. I had no idea because I was like, what just happened, you know? Um, but I, the, the one thing that really stuck to me was that I had to get out of LA. And so I just followed that. I just followed that intuition. And that's why I moved. Um, and then from there, I followed another one and another one because I, I really believe that life like kind of, if we had all the answers come to us right now, I know we wish as humans, we wish we, ha we knew everything right now. It just... It's not the journey of life. <laughs> no, it's not where the greatest lessons are, is it? No, no, it's yeah. not. Um, but, you know, just always, like, intuitively, even though it's tough, and even though you don't have all the answers, you know, it will unfold for you. I made a lot of very tough decisions um, to leave, like, a life of comfort. You know, I had everything I wanted and needed in Los Angeles in terms of contacts and my business, like, all of these things. But... Um, that wake up call was like, that doesn't matter if I was dead <laughs> or, you know, going down that, pa that path of, um, toxic behavior. Yeah. And that is so true. Do you know I mean? And it's so, I think it takes less courage to stick with what we know than it does to have that leap of faith or going into that unknown. Mm -hmm. I think I was just stubborn, you know, looking back, <laughs> I had so many signs. <laughs> I had so many signs telling me that it wasn't right. That I didn't, you know, I just didn't listen. I just pushed it and pushed it until... I guess something extreme had to happen, which is what happened. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I tell people like, don't, don't wait until something really horrible happens. You know, if you feel it, just trust in that. And now I've 
I've honed in on my intuition so much now, which before I didn't. Now, like, even when something doesn't make sense, I'm like, oh, nope, I'm following that because I've, I've built that muscle. Yeah, I love working with intuition. But I say that last year, I didn't listen to it and I got myself into so much trouble. But it is, as you say, like a muscle. You have to work on it every day. And sometimes mm-hmm. you're thinking, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. I still say that. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So what was the turning point from like, obviously you became very intuitive, but what was the actual first step of how you launched Thriver Lifestyle? So when I moved to Miami, I just started, you know, getting really obsessed with reading as much, watching as much podcasts, going to events that had to do with um, healing and inner work and soul work and spirituality and meditation, like it really, I, I went to so much from like Deepak Chopra to Eckhart Tolle to Oprah. I went to Tony Robbins event. I went to so many things because I was just hungry for this knowledge that I had never been taught, you know, yeah. and it always called to me. I was like, this happened for years. And then slowly I just started implementing. It wasn't a, like an overnight thing, you know, even meditation. I teach meditation now, but I tell, and I incorporate it into my business coaching and even in my talks. Um, like visualization exercises, things like that. But when I first started, I actually thought, you know, years ago in corporate, I had heard about meditation, but I was like, oh, that's something hippies do. You know, that, that, does not, <laughs> that doesn't work. You know, years later, it's, it's just, it, it's so funny to me because when I started again, I was always that overachiever. Okay, I'm going to sit for 10 minutes and this, I'm going to get it right the first time. But we fail to realize, just like when we learn how to drive or when we learn how to walk, it's always awkward and weird at first. Like, it's, it's not, we don't get it right away, you know? It's this, like, discomfort, but once you keep doing it, you start building that muscle, just like intuition. And so I really was humbled and had to, moving to Miami was very humbling for me. I lost pretty much everything. I got really broke, you know, went through all my savings um, until I had to, I had no choice you know, but to go to the tools, um, because I didn't have the fancy job anymore, you know, lots of money, like all the part, like all those things, I was stripped down to like the bear. And I had to like really rely on myself for like, like the inner work to get me through it, you know? Um, and so the turning point was really just to keep like, even when I would fall off it, I would, I knew that I had to get back on. So um, starting putting into the routine before I would start meditating, maybe like one minute, then one minute turned to two and three, then it became daily. And then I started incorporating daily gratitude practices, journaling, like all these things um, that are now a part of my life. Like I can't imagine my life without it, but before they were so foreign to me, you know? <laughs> um, and, yeah. And, and, and I think there wasn't like a one yes. It was just, I just kept going at it instead of thinking, okay, I'm going to do this for 30 days before when it was so difficult, I was like, I'm just going to do this today. And then the next day and the next day, you know, it was just like those simple steps, you know, you have to crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run. Um, and so, you know, then you look back and you're like, wow, I've, I've gotten so far. And that's yeah. what I tell all my clients, you know, cause some are like, I don't know if I can do you know, this big talk or be on TEDx. I'm like, I didn't think so either, but just take the steps that you need to do now and keep on the path. I think that's a really good technique that you shared there about the steps. I always talk about like my book and my podcast, like 
breaking things down to bite-sized pieces. Don't aim big yep. because you're just going to get overwhelmed and then you're going to yeah. think you're a failure. Then you're going to beat yourself up. Exactly. And so I love the fact, you know, it's the step, step, step. When you look back, you'll be like, God, I'm miles away, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other tools can you recommend? Um, other tools, so besides journaling, meditation, um, dance, nature, uh, before for me travel, I actually, there was a point in my life where I, you know, did a lot of things on my own, which made me so happy because for a long time I couldn't do, I always had to be surrounded by people, you know, because um, I didn't even like to be in silence. Now is a complete opposite. I love sitting in silence. I love um, talking to my guides and, and angels, meditation, prayer. I do a lot of introspection, you know, now. Um, I love my alone time. I used to travel a lot by myself before too. I think that's really key. When we're all allowed to travel again um, and it's safe to travel, I think really traveling and getting to know yourself without anyone else is such a gift. Yeah, I traveled like, good. I got to try and work at my age now, but I traveled when I was 24, now my late 40s. And I'm so glad I did it back then because you just mm-hmm. get to know yourself. And that's a really good yeah. foundation for life. Like if you know who you are, what you like, what you don't like, when you meet new people, be it platonic or romantic, you know what your foundation is. You know, like your benchmark of what you expect. Mm-hmm. And it is like, I just dated myself for a year around the world and it was wonderful. Yeah. You know, so those are the tools. Um, I also love cooking. Uh, and, you know, that's therapeutic for me. Dance, movement, um, being creative. And, and I think there's no one size fits all. Everyone's so different. So find what really puts you into a state of flow where you're not thinking about other things. You get really just immersed in it because you just absolutely enjoy it. You know, for some people, maybe it's painting, you know, that gets them into this zone, this flow that, you know, helps them connect to their higher self. Maybe it's playing an instrument or singing, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Some people it's working out, but I think you just have to find that. And when you do continuously do that, you know, it's, it's that habit. It's a lifestyle, not like an overnight Yeah, I get the creative process thing. I absolutely love losing myself in the creative process. And I used to do art lessons on a Thursday night. Marion, I was useless. I really was. But I didn't care. Mm Because I thought, in that moment, I can't think about anything. You know, like the shopping list, schooling the kids. I can't think of anything apart from that pen to paper, the paintbrush, whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the artwork was shocking. And my mum said, oh, which one of the children did that? And it was her, you know, 46-year-old daughter. But the process is like a healing journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it heals the inner child because it takes you back. You know, we don't tend to do painting and things like that nowadays. So yeah, absolutely love the creative process. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important because why should we lose that? You know, just because we're adults, we can't do things that are creative, like painting or doing other things. I think that's where um, we need to actually go back to. And hopefully with this time that we have more time, you know, quarantining that we realize that these are actually like the arts are important like doing these things not because it's going to lead to you know not because for the point of making money or being productive but just because it lights us up is also just equally as important yeah I think there's going to be a lot of learning coming from this where people you know appreciate nature more that money's not everything you know, and it is time alone for the journaling, exercise, nutrition, alone mm-hmm. time. So I think there will be real lessons coming from it. Yeah, really going back to the basics. 
Yeah, which is my kind of world. I like it simple. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you help people with speaking. Yes. So what tools do you use with that? Yes, um, I help um, women grow their business online using public speaking as a tool as well as um, online speaking platforms. So whether they're they have like a podcast or YouTube channel, things like that. But one of the, the tools is really, and especially for those who know that they have a message and they want to share it, but they don't know where to start. I always say, write it first and then speak it out loud. And then I, I always do the steps and then speak it to others, you know, that are close to you. Um, oftentimes I get clients who say, um, yeah, I want to, speak on this big stage with a thousand people and, you know, or 10,000, all that. I'm like, that is absolutely possible. But have you spoken on any stage now? They're like, no. Like, well, (laughs) yeah, let's go back. You know, you have to build that foundation. Yes. It goes back to the small steps again. Mm -hmm. Because you need to be clear on your message, uh, on how you convey that message um, and your ideal audience. I'm like, you have to make sure you also know, that you're speaking to the right audience because your message won't resonate with every single person on this world, nor, nor should it, because, you know, your, your message resonates with specific people. Um, and that's a good thing because that means you're making more impact. Like a niche audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, when we're trying to set up a business and we want the followers and the audience and we think, right, we're just going to dilute all of our knowledge and try and reach as many people as possible. And I know I've done it. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to be that spiritual writer. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so boring. And there was no humor. Do you know what I mean? I was like, that's not how I am. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I lost a few along the way because at the end of the day, I'm a bit kooky. And I do speak really openly about death, dying, grief, you know, meditation, whatever. But it's easier to be yourself, isn't it? And yes. That is your audience. You'll attract people like, you know, with your backstory, just amazing. Some people won't relate to it because they've just like trundled through life beautifully. But, mm-hmm. you know, we're given our life story for a reason, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's actually the, the more that you can really be as authentic with your story and message. And you'll, you'll attract actually people who you know, love your, your brand and your message even deeper. You know, they're not just that the flyby is like, Oh, you know, you have, you know, the, there's that, that article about a thousand true fans, you know, you really have, I've had people following me for years, you know, that even before when I was a food, food blogger and food writer, because they loved my personality. And when I went through this whole transition, so this is like 10 years, because I had that whole thing. And now it's completely different. I didn't do any of that, but they've, they've stuck with me because my personality, you know, some of the things I talk about are different, but I, you know, you, we all have our own certain personality. That's really interesting. So you still got the same followers, like the true um, fans. I'm not, not all. I've definitely got some new ones, but there are some people who've known me since my, and like food blogging days. And I had like a food show on TV and they've just seen the transition and it's, and I've asked them like, you know, especially if the followers are, are men, I'm like, I, I really speak to women now. They're like, we just love, I just like, love your personality <laughs> and like how you are. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, thank you. you know, so like, we just support everything you're doing. So it's just, um, it's, it's really nice to, to know that as long as you stay true and the people, there's people that will fall off. You know, I had people when I started speaking a lot about 
you know, the more spiritual things, because I talk about strategy and soul, you know, there's, yes, there's a practical, the tactics, but I believe there's also the energetics and yeah. the mindset. Uh, and when I started sharing that, I had someone who knew me in my corporate days who were like, you're going to lose your credibility because you're talking about this woo stuff. <laughs> I was like, you know, if, if that's what you believe, you know, I'm not really here to make sure that, you know, I say credible in your eyes, you know, as long as I believe that I'm, I, you know, I'm sharing this truthfully and this has worked for me. I was like, it may not work for everyone, but I'm, I've always said, this is what has worked for me. This is how, what's worked for my clients and students. You know, it's really up to you if you want to follow and, and take the steps. But if you don't, that's also your decision. Yeah, I get that. I think my auntie, she's called it Hocus Pocus and um, we, we will call it what you will, but I just love it. And like you're saying earlier, that it's part of my daily practice. If I don't have that, my mental health dips. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Same here. So I have it every day. I do a bit like yoga. I do my gratitude, choose a card for the day and I absolutely love it. And recently, I think only in the last few months, like on my social media, started sharing like an Oracle card reading, things like that. Mm, and I, yeah, it was a real uh, comfort zone yeah. thing I was thinking <laughs> like should I shouldn't I and I thought well I can't think of a nice word to say I'm just thinking like, I thought well screw it because it is who I am yeah and I did a big yeah. this um thing kind of like feel the fear and do it anyway and the courage to be disliked because I was just like but I like it it's what helps me when I need that little reassuring insight mm-hmm. yeah so, I love my 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 goddess and my angel oracle cards I love I also have some uh, few tarot card decks oh yeah I do a tarot every day because I think that tells me off there's no like beating around the bush it's like Shelly <laughs> it's a sword card watch out <laughs> but you say it's just like living our truth I think we do ourselves a discredit if we're not going actually I love the spirituality mm-hmm. you know? and I think people who say oh, it's a bit woo woo or it's a bit hocus pocus they probably fear it's an unknown to them isn't it yeah yeah. And you know, everyone's in their own journey. Cause I remember years ago, this didn't even come across my radar. So I understand things, you know, take time for people and it's not going to resonate with everyone, but the ones that it does resonate with, you know, I have people in my audience, I call them my thrivers, my thriver tribe that are like always there and always going to my events and retreats and all that stuff because they like really believe in it and it's, it's work for them. And you know, um, it, it's beautiful to see, you know, when, when you are just authentically yourself, you also give others permission. And as a Asian American woman, um, and with not many Asian American speakers, as well as, you know, coaches, um, I've had many come up to me and be like, I'm so happy to see someone, you know, who looks like me, or I, I feel I can relate to more. Yeah, and that must be huge. Mm-hmm. That's I just think it's brilliant, like to just be role modeling as you are. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a message about the importance of positive change? Absolutely. I think positive change is something that thrivers all believe in, and uh, positive change is possible for every single person. But the, I think it's really taking control of your thoughts, your words, your actions, taking your power back and realizing that you have the ability to bring positive changes in your life, you know, to not wait for anyone else or permission from anyone else, but it's really up to each person. We all have that power inside of us. 
Yeah, and I think that's a big thing. And it didn't really come until like the more recent years, probably after my travels, like I said, back in my mid-20s, when you have to, I don't know if you have to, but I found myself giving myself permission to be authentic, give myself permission to let go of friendships, toxic relationships, mm -hmm. jobs that didn't suit me, you know, and to be without money for a while. And it is that permission, that empowerment mm -hmm. of self, isn't it? Yeah. That's so, where true positivity lies within ourselves. Yeah, it really does. But I think it is like you need often need a life-changing event. It's not always during a beautiful meditation on a yoga mat that we have our realizations it's often through these life-changing events yes yeah and in they can be the most difficult most challenging times but just go through it you know if you keep ignoring it then you're just you know you're you're letting it fester and you're letting it sit there and that's how a lot of diseases happen a lot of different sicknesses and all these things that um you know our society has there's a lot of people who are overly medicated because they don't want to face you know the truth or you know certain things that have happened but i think that's it actually it's challenging but it'll make you stronger and more resilient yeah it's like you said quite honestly about yourself about you wore a mask really with the alcohol and the drugs and the high achieving and maybe that's a bit like some people they go on medication because it is you know gives them a barrier against the real world mm-hmm yeah but it's worth it. If I had to go through that again, I, I would to know that if I came to this place and the amount of not just peace that I have, but amount of trust, like I really like I, I truly love and trust myself. And that's something I couldn't say before, you know, um, and we are our longest relationship is with ourselves. So we need to learn how to treat ourselves better and to be our own best friends, our own supporters, our own, you know, best friends um so that we set the standard for how others treat us as well and same thing with business you know if you don't if you don't believe that you're able to grow your business and serve people how are other people going to believe in you if you don't even believe in yourself yeah i'm mm -hmm. smiling you can't obviously see me but i am sitting here smiling because i did a podcast on self-love and i said the same words you said about you know you have to love yourself because it's the longest relationship we have it's the only one from the beginning of our life to the end mm -hmm. you have to be your own best friend and set the standard for everyone else to follow so as you were saying it is like you go girl <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's so true so do you have a positive affirmation you say every day i do uh every morning i wake up and i say thank you god thank you goddess that I am alive, I am happy and healthy and filled with your infinite love, money and abundance. I love that. You can't have a bad day if you start it like that, can you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oof, here we are. Mm -hmm. Oh, bless you. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you. Thank you. You too, Shelley. Thank you so much. I mean, the near-death experience, what you went through before that, how you're helping yourself and so many others afterwards. I've absolutely loved talking to you. Me too. Thank you for having me. Bless you. I'm sure people are going to want to find you. So please, we can find you on Instagram, Facebook, yes. LinkedIn, Twitter, and your podcast. Tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, the best way is I'm most active on um, Instagram. So it's at M as in Mary, B-A-C-O-L-U-B-A, uh, at M Bacal Uba. And then all the links to everything else is there. Um, and my podcast is called Thriver Lifestyle Podcast. It's on iTunes, Google, Spotify, all the major channels. 
Fabulous. And did you have a book? Just you're a best-selling author. Yes, um, that is a, a book I helped co-author called uh, "Unleash Your Voice: Powerful Public Speaking for Women." Unleash your voice. Mm-hmm. That's fabulous. We'll stick that all in the show notes, and then people can come and learn from you. You wise old soul. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you want to connect, feel free to send me a, a, a direct message on Instagram. That's fabulous. I'm sure you can be inundated now. People are going like, wow, <laughs> help me, save me. Tell me about these steps. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been wonderful speaking to you. You too. Take care, Shelley. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at ShellyFKnight, life goes on. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.